0: Here's Lisa, living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald.
1: Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 175 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of this Friday? Well, what I can tell you is Melissa Lorena is a CEO and founder of Career Outcomes Matter. Her global career coaching practice is focused on empowering marketers and other creative professionals to rediscover what makes them unique so that they can land their dream job in a forward-thinking company where their ideas are listened to, valued and supported. She brings insights from having worked in 16 business units, including human resources in New York, Sydney, Paris, and London. Additionally, in her former corporate career, she worked on top brands for P&G and on IBM for Ogilvy and Mather. Later, as the founder and CEO of Career Outcomes Matter, Melissa created a three-step sellable strengths method, which has been the centerpiece of her clients' results. Melissa applies this method to support mid-level professionals up to the C-suite along their journey with an emphasis on building up their networking confidence and capabilities to produce jaw-dropping results in record time. Melissa studied psychology at NYU and earned her MBA from the Tuck School of Business in Dartmouth. In the spirit of her podcast, which features pretty bold guest moves, an interview with Melissa Lorena, she boldly relocated from the East Coast in the USA to Australia sight unseen with her three sons and husband. Catch her every Tuesday for a new episode. Interested in being coached by her on your marketing job hunt? Sign up for her best in class free masterclass for marketers who want more out of life and their careers. Melissa, welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa
2: McDonald, my friend. How are you today? Thank you, Lisa. That was an amazing intro. I mean, it is bright and early here in Australia, but it is a beautiful day. So I always tell people I see the future. And tomorrow's going to be wonderful.
1: Beautiful. Well, I just want to say that is a very bold and courageous move that you made to go from the USA to transition to Australia. So let's talk a little bit about that. What was the incentive behind that?
2: You know, it's really about my philosophy of life, which is, you know, living life as if it were an adventure And so that's how my family and I approached it. It happened on the cusp of the 40th birthday for my husband. And I remember at the time he was just thinking to himself, you know, there's got to be more than the U.S., Connecticut, Metro North (laughs) commute into Manhattan. And, and when he realized that, you know, for him, it was just like, okay, how can we give our three little boys a different life experience? And it was really as simple as almost putting our finger on a globe, and just saying, you know what, we've never been to Australia, but everyone that's gone has loved it. And so that's where the journey began. It was just a sense of adventure. Beautiful, beautiful. And you've never looked back, correct? Never, definitely never looked back. I will say there was this time, and I'm sure that you know folks um, are aware of this, but there was this time where we had enormous wildfires, and that was a hard season for us. I remember we were about a year into our relocation, and we were reconsidering whether to move from Sydney to Melbourne, and that's about 11 hours apart driving distance. And so, the air quality when we had those wildfires was really, really treacherous here, so it was a little hard to breathe and so at that point that was the only moment where we were second guessing our decision and we were considering relocating to Melbourne but what was really you know um, awesome was that we were able to just drive there and spend about a month or so there and just kind of escape you know the the really tough air breathing quality here in Sydney but since then we've come back and never looked back.
1: Beautiful. Well, congratulations again on all of your success and and really embracing what it is that's important to you and your family. And I think that's probably a good place to really dive in, Melissa, because as a result of COVID, not only has it impacted business, as we would both know, but again, being entrepreneurs and doing a good portion of what it is that we do do online, we've been fortunate that we haven't had to make that kind of leap and transition where it has really hurt people or it's been a tough road on top of it being compounded by COVID but let's talk about the reprioritization when it comes to values uh really understanding in the midst of a pandemic and and for people like you and myself Melissa we would be committing we would be more so committed to going, okay, what is the lesson to be learned here? What is the upside? What is the benefit? What has this brought into further clarity for myself as a human being in our mutual cases of being mothers, being entrepreneurs? What has COVID done for you instrumentally in terms of offering you more insight into who you are?
2: I mean, that's an amazing question. You know, when I think back, it's really, for me, given me a lot of time to think In a way, I have three little boys, so there was a moment here in Australia, too, where the schools were closed, so there was, you know, working from home and then also homeschooling all at the same time, so I didn't have the moment then, but since then, schools have reopened, and it's given me time to really reflect upon what it is that I want out of my business and what it is that I actually get from really coaching clients who are having a hard time reimagining how to live out their talents you know now in an online environment and what i've realized is that i've been online since 2011 and sometimes this is this completely just it mind boggles me because i don't think about that I've almost taken for granted my distribution channel in a way as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and so now it's like I can basically help individuals you know reimagine how to express their talents in an online environment and for me because it feels so native it's it's a skill that I had taken for granted so COVID in light of all of the change that a lot of individuals have had to make maybe people that were really reliant on a physical you know offline line work experience, I've been able to really just help them see that their skills are transferable. Their enthusiasm can still be, you know, expressed online. You know, the intimacy that we have as part of a team can still be almost reenacted, you know, in an online environment too. And so that's something that I definitely realized, which was, wow, okay, I've been doing this online for quite some time. There's extra value to provide my clients, to provide people who are just getting started. I remember a single mom friend of mine, she works at the, Met- the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. And for her, you know, using Zoom was definitely very odd for her. It just felt <laughs> awkward, right? And as a yeah. single mom, super reliant on Zoom so that her son gets his education. And I remember just walking her through the process and showing her h- and showing her how to, you know, interact on Zoom. And for me it felt Quite natural, but for her it felt clunky. And there were so many steps that I hadn't realized were part of the process for someone that has never seen the tool. So that's one part of the puzzle, just like this extra value that there is. And I would say this is useful for anyone that has had an online experience at work or personally in the past. You just never know when a skill is going to come in handy. And this season, this moment of COVID is an opportunity. Opportunity to express things that you may have not expressed in the past. There's ways to plug into different people and their lives and their teams and just, you know, really help them solve challenges that maybe you've solved before. And so that's one thing that certainly helped me um, or COVID helped me reimagine and think through. The other thing, of course, is the importance of your children mm-hmm. and just the fact that, you know, as a working mom, whether you have your business as a big part of your life, and for me, it feels like a fourth child in a way. Yes. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah or or it's something that's more ancillary and you're you're working because you want to make ends meet for your family either way what i would say for me is that you know it offered me covid offered me an opportunity to step up as a mom and basically almost untether what the media and news suggested as far as you know this is what you do like send your kids to school or you know mask no mask all these different sort of messages that you're getting from, you know, people that are in authority, I would say as a mom, I recognize and realize and now value even more my position of leadership, my Mm -hmm. position of leadership as a mom, I think we forget, we often do know what's best for our family. And so really just taking back that control, which was something that I thought everybody else had it figured out. Mm -hmm. Apparently they, don't, <laughs> um, you know. But taking back that control was something else that just really came to light during this COVID era, for sure. Well, I love that
1: you said that because for all the times and all the guests who, in the midst of COVID, you know, this has been part and parcel and central to some of our conversations in the way that it has impacted business, or it's it's expanded business, or it's it's reinvigorated innovation. Um, but I've never. And I've interviewed a lot of parents who have never used that as an example in talking about leadership, but you're absolutely so right in saying that, Melissa, because oftentimes we disempower ourselves without realizing we're actually disempowering ourselves. And even if we know ourselves in every other realm of our identity and our lives to be evolved, empowered individuals and savvy businesswomen. um, But when it comes to things like government, when it comes to things like a pandemic and things that are unprecedented, oftentimes we're so apt to relinquish our own maternal instincts or the role that we have primarily adopted as being the person who has to make responsible decisions as the advocate to our children. And we're so apt and quick to relinquish it and think, oh, well, those are the powers that be without knowing my child. It's just a number. It's another stat. It's another part of the demographic. Therefore, whatever comes down the pike in the way of mass media, that's got to be the end all be all. And who are we to In every other area of our life where we would be inclined to critically think, to do our research, to do our homework, we're more apt to go, okay, let's just go with the mainstream of whatever's being enforced upon us in which to have to adhere to. So I really love that that was your answer in terms of leadership as a mom, as a parent. So thank you for that. That was a very unique perspective I've not heard shared.
2: You're welcome, Lisa. And it's interesting because for me, I, I feel that I feel that working moms oftentimes take for granted the skills that they build at home as a parent. And of course, the instinct. And I actually asked Beth Comstock, she's the former vice chair of innovation and CMO of GE. I asked her this question on my podcast, which was how has being a mom made you a better people leader? And she had an amazing answer, which was, you know, it forced her to really mature, that's for sure, you know, and it it forced her to ask for help. And even as a people leader, that was something that her team suggested she do more often, ask for help. And that's something else that I would want to add in terms of the pandemic, I mean, you just really don't know what sort of unique experiences and vantage points different people in your life can bring to the table and can help lighten your load. So asking for help is something that as a mom, as a people leader, I mean, it's so important to just consider the fact that you know, the way you're thinking about a challenge, and if you feel especially overwhelmed, consider the fact that someone else might be able to help you in that moment.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, outside of what I had made clear in the intro at the top of the hour for your bio in terms of your business and what it's all about. But if you could break it down a little bit, Melissa, uh, Melissa, for the listening audience and for the benefit of the podcast subscribers, you know, for people who are, who are listening and, you know, they're already starting to resonate with you, even at the intrinsic level, the energetic level, um, but know that you do bring a certain skill set to the table that could be advantageous to up-leveling themselves within their own business. Can you give me a sense of the spectrum of client base that you do deal with, like in terms of entry level to, say, veteran, like what types of people from walks of life within various uh, business are you providing service to?
2: That's a great question, Lisa. So, in terms of the different individuals who come to me um, for career coaching, so oftentimes it's individuals that would be mid—they would be mid-career, and
0: mm-hmm. they
2: would be working across different sectors, all the way to the CMO suite as well. So, I've really taken an interest, and I'm very excited of supporting people who are really creative at work, really strategic at work, and want to reimagine their career by way of really taking hold and being proactive during their job search. So job seekers are the individuals that come to me when they feel like they are definitely in a rut or they're stuck or they're just exhausted from updating that resume a billion times and they just see no end in sight. So a lot of times they turn to me because they really want help reimagining what's possible for themselves. In the past, they may have been told that they would not be able to go after a you know vice president level opportunity. Or in the past, they may have been told that they were not very analytical. But maybe that's something that's always been on their heart. Maybe that's something that they aspire to become a people leader, for example. Not that you have to be, you could be an independent contributor. But ultimately, irrespective of the sector, so whether you're in financial services, services or you're in technology or you're in a consumer product good organization if you're in the marketing capacity consumer insights or if you are you know a ux designer all of those fields that really mix their talents when it comes to you know the betterment of a brand or brand building efforts, those are the individuals that I support. And again, it would be from mid-career, so 10 years plus, all the way up to the CMO suite. So if you're in a career transition and you think to yourself, there's got to be more to life than this, I'm the person for you. I can help you really reimagine your job search in its entirety. So, I would say the biggest point of differentiation that I bring to the table when it comes to my clients is one, I have this insane amount of belief in human potential. That's number one. And when I say that, I actually walk the walk. So, for mm-hmm. me, you know, if, for instance, you have this employer on your heart whose values align with yours, like we will figure out how to speak to people on the inside who can become your internal champions. We will figure out how to position what you have done in your past so that it resonates with the business challenges that you can solve right now for an organization. So it's really about shifting the thinking from being an employee as you are job searching to being very entrepreneurial as you are job searching and making sure that you're leveraging your creativity to get the job, not just when you have the job, make sure you're leveraging your strategy, your strategic thinking to get the job, not just when you're on the job and stand out because... It's so important, especially if you're a marketer or creative professional, you have to stand out. And that is what you want to do for the brand that you are going to work on. So you have to stand out. And I think there's a lot of norms when it comes to recruitment, when it comes to corporate norms that don't work if that is your ambition, to stand out corporate norms and a lot of the norms that have worked traditionally and especially pre-COVID, pre everything being online, you know, and going to, for example, LinkedIn and only relying on LinkedIn and talking to only a recruiter. I mean, it's kind of like going to a supermarket and picking the longest line. Like, why- <laughs> Like I'm a mom, I you know, I don't like going to a
0: supermarket,
2: to be honest. <laughs> but I would certainly not pick the longest line. So, um, you know, it's really about making sure that you're being smart with your time and smart with your words and, you know, attracting an employer that's going to appreciate, to the point earlier, as far as my bio, it's going to appreciate your ideas. You want to feel supported and valued and, of course, get compensated appropriately. So, that's a lot of what I help my clients do. It's really about packaging, positioning, and pitching what they have into an organization that's going to value them, where their values are going to align so that they can do their best work as opposed to, you know, wasting time and trying to be someone that they're not just to Mm. kind of, you know, have a conversation with a boss or a team peer. Brilliant.
1: Brilliant. Well, you have a very specific skill set. So let's talk about the inception of your journey that made what it is that you do and you inherently knowing that this was your purpose. This is what you were exactly meant to do. So what experiences happened in the backstory of your life that positioned you on the trajectory of what people would now glean you to specialize in, Melissa?
2: Thank you for that question, because I love this story. I mean, it really brings me back to a time where I didn't have the resources. I didn't have access to even the Internet, to be honest. So this takes me back to when I was 17 years old. And for me, I had to master the art of interviewing basically the night before being, you know, going in front of J.P. Morgan Chase, back then Chase executives who had to essentially decide whether I would get a full scholarship to NYU or not. Mm. So, I mean, the stakes were incredibly high. And so what I did, and again, this was super early internet days, and I wasn't comfortable with the internet back then. (laughs) But what I did was, went to my local library, as you do. I think I took out about 27 books on the topic of interviewing. And as a 17-year-old, I was just consuming as much as I could and taking notes and then looking at my resume, which was horrible when I really think about it, and, you know, really trying to imagine, okay, what is it that I could say to these individuals who were in a corporate setting, which felt foreign to me for sure at the age of 17, and how can I Resonate so that they give me I think it ended up being a hundred thousand dollars or something um, In terms of grant money, so I can wow you yeah And so, you know, when you're looking at $100,000 and you're saying to yourself, okay, if I get this, you know, a lot of things are going to happen. I'm going to get, you know, funded for NYU so I won't have debt. And from a U.S. perspective, that's a big deal. In other places, it might not feel as big. But then on top of that, I'm also going to make my mom and my dad really proud. Like, that's an emotional tug that's going to get you to do almost anything. Mm -hmm. So. I remember just, you know, really studying as if it was a final exam the evening before. And when I went to Chase, you know, I remember I spoke to at least five different VP level. Mind you, I was 17 years old. It felt quite intimidating. Wow. Level executives. And I had to really go through, you know, how I how I was an exceptional customer experience person. You know, when I worked in like uh, back then this pharmacy, you know, like I had my stories down packed. And I remember all my thank you notes. And I remember just, you know, going to my mailbox every day after that interview, and just hoping I would get the letter that would give me, you know, that that green light that yes, you got the scholarship. And ultimately, I did get the scholarship. So for me, back then, I was 17 years old. And I knew that this was my key to, you know, freedom in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, I knew that really positioning myself in a way that was going to resonate with people on the other side of a decision making table was going to be huge for me. So I felt like back then I knew that something needed to happen in me in order to grow and mature almost rapidly overnight. So that You know, I can land this this goal. And that was early on. Since then, I remember, you know, because I had this very unusual for a 17 year old skill, (laughs) I remember my friends, you know, that I attended college with or just friends not knowing what does it take in order to get an internship, for example. That's where they were at. Mm -hmm. And so I would help them. I would coach them. And I've been doing that all the way through my business school, which was in about 2010 or so when I graduated. So I went undergrad and then I went full, you know, I went to Dartmouth for my MBA. And I remember doing it for my peers back then. And at Dartmouth, that was during the financial crisis. And I remember the first week of class about 2008, literally the financial crisis the classmates who had intended to become investment bankers, they actually cried. They cried when Lehman went down. And I remember at that time thinking to myself, "Hmm, I have a skill I can contribute to my classmates. Let me help them reimagine what they can do with that original intention. You know, let me coach them. And this was totally just coming from my heart, coming from, you know, my years of experience at that time, interestingly enough, since 17 years old. And, you know, I remember helping people do things that were incredible. One, one person that wanted to do investment banking, for example, I helped coach him so that he would land an internship back back at that time at a coffee company, Green Mountain Coffee Company in Vermont in the US. And it was helping the farmers, the coffee bean farmers in Central America. And it was just something that was almost the, the complete opposite of investment banking. But it was something that made me feel so excited for him. Like, I just knew, like, it's very interesting and unique, I would say, for someone to be more excited about someone landing an opportunity than it being their birthday. And that's when I found out that he had gotten that internship. It was my birthday. Wow. I've known Lisa for a long time. And then, of course, I built out my formal formal practice in 2011. That's when I decided to do this full time and help people. Super impressive. Good on you. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about leadership because clearly you're a leader. You exhibit, demonstrate, embody the characteristics of a leader. But we know that leadership as a term, as a buzzword, uh, it's very subjective. And there's different people who hold so-called leadership roles uh, but don't necessarily embody from other people's perspectives how they would define or characterize leadership or that that particular person who holds or occupies that title. So, as a servant leader, as a leader within what you do specifically as it relates to your skill set, Melissa, and knowing the culture has changed a lot, whether we're talking about the political landscape, whether we're talking about you know scientists and everybody who's at the helm that's central to COVID, um, leaders within our own families. Just you know, if you want to break it down and explain in such a way even if it's been a refined definition or an interpretation for you in current terms,
2: what does leadership mean to you, Melissa? I love that question because I think my definition has shifted for sure. And I would say it's shifted more because of the level of professionals as far as level of seniority and years of experience that I've supported. So I would say for me, leadership is someone who has the ability to make people on their team feel comfortable enough to truly be themselves. Mm. Right. that's where I'm at at this stage of my life. I could have said a thousand other things. And I've spoken with so many leaders who have these, you know, fancy sort of like declarations. This is people leadership and this is how I do it. You know, they have all these different models, but when it comes down to it, my, my hope, Is that, you know, the people that I guide, the people that I coach, the people that I lead, are in turn making their organizations, their teams, their peers, even their families, better off because they exhibit and exude that level of confidence and kindness. Mm. You have to be really, really confident in yourself to let people be themselves. It's like... You have to mirror this. And so it's something that I would say has been so critical in terms of the way that I see people, leaders, you know, really face and 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 make through all of the changes that have come out of COVID. I think, you know, gone are the days, I would love to say, where, you know, it's only about the business goals that matter in terms of an organization. Because I think you get more more out of people for lack of a better phrase if you are helping them with their professional goals at the same time so Mm -hmm. when it comes to unearthing what their true professional goals are i think that's where Being a people leader where someone can feel comfortable enough to tell you, you know what, I really like doing this versus maybe what's central to my job. Not to say you're not going to do what's central to your job, but just having that level of comfort and telling your people leader that, hey, I think I could do more. I think is so exceptional of a quality in terms of people, leaders. And I think now during this era, because of COVID, I think what's important is, you know, the sort of skills and traits that are appreciated in startups, for example, are the skills and traits that now big multinational organizations can really leverage, some being the ability for each person to wear multiple hats, as an example. Mm -hmm. I think covid for sure has made it a very much so all hands on deck moment for so many organizations. It's kind of like, okay, if you have one revenue channel, let's say you had a physical store as one example, and now, you know, there's no foot traffic. So you have to reimagine how to do this in an online experience. It shouldn't be just the person who handles the website that thinks about that challenge. It should be all hands on deck agreed like how can we come together across our functions and so this is very much so not just a marketer not just a creative professional but I'm talking about even operations like I think right now operations professionals like they're they're the rock stars of so many organizations because of the change in the way that people buy things just like from physical locations to online or even warehouses like in the past they may have been outside of their country now they're brought in domestic so much has shifted so it's like just assuming that only you know a marketer only knows marketer is is something that is a false assumption like yes. I was tapping into everyone's broader talents, and then asking them as a people leader, you know, is that something that you've been curious to do? Have you been interested in exploring this new skill, whether it's writing, whether it's coding, whatever the skill is, irrespective of function, I think is another opportunity for the best people leaders. And so the best people leaders can definitely have a thoughtful conversation with their team, where their team feels comfortable enough to say, you know what, I would really like to be doing this other thing. In addition to my job, I have to be mindful, right? Like you were hired for a role. And so that's important. But I think COVID has really made it blatantly obvious that now different people have to take on different roles. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's expand a little bit upon that in terms of how that parlays into conscious leadership um so when you look at the 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 current climate of how things exist to what degree everyone's had to pivot accordingly uh whether they've done it begrudgingly or it was already part and parcel of their shtick their business their brand you know and looking at some of the other dynamics that are playing out in the world when we talk about divisiveness racism uh, politics me too all these other things that are coming to the surface in terms of To what degree do we all have to hold ourselves accountable as just being a fellow human being on the face of the planet? So when you look at what's going on, and I know that you're inherently an optimistic person, you choose to err on the side of seeing we're all good as opposed to we're all bad or things aren't as bleak perhaps as what people are inclined to um, believe to be true based on mass media, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think for the most part, when you see how much change, rapid change is taking hold of our planet, call it business, call it family, call it interpersonal. Do you believe people are more awoke now than ever before? Or do you believe that people are still inherently asleep at the switch?
2: That's an interesting question. I would say that, you know, right now it's it's really hard to untease between media. And and reality. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting because, you know, when it behooved different organizations, like those messages were super, super loud. Right. And then as we go through some shifts in priorities, whether they're governmental, whether they are corporate heads, it's kind of like the volume goes down when the need is not there to kind of bring entire groups to one side or another. So Mm -hmm. what I would say is as far as a conscious leader, what's really important is to just be mindful of what, the people that they are working with, and then also, of course, their family members and shareholders, if it's a public organization, like, what are their priorities? Like, do they align with the woke messages that exist? Are they irrelevant to the woke messages that exist? Because you can't operate in a vacuum, of course, because a lot of this might boil down to PR, like you don't want to step into like crisis communication mode for sure, you know, needlessly. So I think mm-hmm. it's important to be conscious of what is out there in terms of, you know, what is on TV and what is important to your shareholders and to your respective team members but I also think that you know when it comes down to it what's really important is having as honest as possible and some might say a radical conversation with people who are on your team or your shareholders or people in your family and just understanding like do they feel respected Do they feel seen? Do they feel heard? Do they feel valued? And I think there's big differences because you can just hear someone in terms of their ideas, in terms of their contributions. But if you're not activating what they say ever, then Mm -hmm. it's kind of like they're invisible. So I think that's something to just be mindful of. I think there's a part of the conversation that has to go from, Theory to action. And I think it also has to be almost like a moving target. You just have to do a temperature check, you know, like right now, this quarter, what are our priorities? What's going on in the media? How does this impact us at different levels, be it shareholders, be it, you know, business unit, be it peers on our team? And then how can we? You know, weather the storm or manage this conversation in a way that the organization, you know, comes out better in a way that everyone is better for it. Mm-hmm. So, I, there's, there's a lot that has to be considered. And sometimes I will say it's relevant and sometimes it's not as relevant. And you have to be almost that weather vein for the people whom you lead. Brilliant.
1: Well said. And so, in spite of the fact that you already excel, At what it is you're currently doing and clearly you're not without work you're not without clients you know you're very busy but within yourself and knowing that you've got your own goals and intentions in terms of leveling up or wanting to aspire to accomplish things or endeavor or bark upon things that you have not yet set out to do what's on the future horizon for you Melissa
2: I love that question it's kind of like you're coaching me. So I love it. <laughs> I love it. So what's on the future horizon for me? So it's it's going to be a fun journey, I would say, you know, as far as me and my family in terms of just physically where we're going to be, right? So we're mm-hmm. here in Australia. and So we intend to be here for a little longer. Um, of course, what lies ahead beyond that, we don't know, but we're open to Adventure again. So that spirit of adventure is very real for me. The other thing I would say is that, you know, when it comes to my podcast, for example, what's really important is that I leave my children a legacy. It's my treasure chest. It's like all these conversations with potential mentors that I didn't have as a little girl. So that's Mm. how I see my podcast. And I also apply a lot of the same skills that I teach my clients, which is talking to strangers, just like we're doing right now, you know, like, I think it's important to expand your network. If no one in your network is currently doing exactly what you wish you were doing, then you need a new network or a bigger network. And so you're going to have to really go outside of your comfort zone. And so the podcast for me helps me step outside of my comfort zone every single day, whether it's like a technical sort of a thing or, <laughs> you know, writing yeah. or interviewing um, so, I would say, you know, bringing amazing guests into my podcast is on on my horizon. And I would say, you know, some of the things that I would love to see also happen by way of my business. and I have it on my heart, and I don't know when this can happen, but I would love to do like a physical retreat. I really, really would for my mm-hmm. clients. And it's something that I had planned like January, you know, like early in the year, not this year, but 2020. And of course, COVID hit, and so mm-hmm. I didn't even present it as an option. <laughs> but um, but that's that's on my heart. I really want. I really want to like physically see my clients. I would love that. I would love to like give them a hug. And I know it sounds so foreign and odd right now in this season, but I think there's something to it. There's something to that, um, you know, conversation and interaction that is is still a little difficult to do online. Then, of course, there's virtual reality and all of that. And so that's something that I've, I've explored, actually, because I find that all quite fun and so one of my podcast guests actually is in that space and so that's something else that i'm considering right now but i mean the journey for me i feel like it's just begun and i think for a lot of working moms that's a different way to kind of think about your career for me my little boys they i have identical twins who are 7 so 7 7 wow and then i have a 9 year old so for me i felt like life was on pause and then play And then pause and then play. So it's like, you know, whereas my peers may have spent their 30s, you know, building their career, for me, it's different. For me, my 40s right now is my opportunity to build my career And so that's how I'm looking at my life. It's still that spirited adventure. It's still being, you know, a people leader for my family. But a big part that's going to expand is my business. And I'm so excited to really have that as like my next step. And that's something I want to just share with any working parent, whether you're a mom or you're a dad. I firmly believe that your dreams can and should live side by side mm-hmm. the dreams of your children.
1: Yes. Brilliant. Bullseye. Love that. Well, let me ask you, because you've got so much relevant, important information, which obviously the people that you provide direct service to, they're benefiting from leaps and bounds. Have you thought of packaging all your skill set, all your information in such a way that it would uh, come out in the way of a book? Have you thought of writing a book? Because you've got a lot there that would benefit the collective.
2: I love that idea and I would love to write a book. I remember when I first set out to write to build my business, this was when I only had one child because I went from one to three (laughs) with identical twins. But when I had one, I went as far as, you know, hiring a book coach and writing and interviewing people. And then it just kind of fizzled in my heart and fizzled in my schedule. So at that time it was just it wasn't the right time and so i would say i've also grown in terms of the sort of topic that i would want to tackle i don't mm-hmm. think it would be purely career coaching certainly not purely career coaching for marketers i think it would be broader because i think as you grow for sure we become we've always been multi-dimensional and so i think there's so much that i can share and so that would be an idea But at this specific stage, while I'm looking at a potential relocation in a year, like that might feel a little much for me right now. Mm -hmm. Because what what came to me just intuitively, and I always speak it
1: aloud, people can do with it what they choose to, but just in my coming to understand you a little bit better and, and getting a sense of your spirit, Melissa, I was just for a book and you can certainly play around with it if it's something you even wanted to take seriously or or apply but hr 101 for all of humanity mm. right because it's not just about the skill set it's not just about business it's the transferable skills of wanting to show up as your best in the business world but that only being congruently aligned to what degree you're willing to do the work to hone who it is that you are as a human being Right. Mastering and honing the skill set of what it is to be a team player within any dynamic. And so when I just take your skill set of what it is you do in the business world, but I also correlate that and compute that with who you are as an individual, as a mom, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, all those things, I could see something generically being put out there that would be of benefit to everybody because HR really is also, it's about people skills, interpersonal skills, and these aren't the things that are necessarily taught at school from JK all the way up, right? The things that people, the lessons, um, you know, the things that people would need to know, whether it be about budgeting, conflict resolution, things of that nature, you know, how to, how to have a successful, viable, healthy marriage, without it resulting in 50% of the demographic of people divorcing i mean there's so many things for your mm-hmm. skill set that i think could be applicable to everybody
2: i completely agree lisa and again you know when you brought up earlier as far as the things that i i hadn't realized or i learned you know coming from covid that's something else i mean I, I'm asked, I remember when I interviewed James Altucher for my podcast, something that he thought was really interesting was the fact that I've been married, you know, since 2004, right? My relationship. And it was just like, for me, it's like, oh, okay, I guess that is unique and of value to people. Like, how do you keep it together? Especially like if my parents were divorced, right? So mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of rich history that I would say everyone has that it requires, you know, someone like yourself, Lisa, just like with a fresh perspective, right. Kind of like hearing the story. And that's something else that I've realized too. Like when it comes to being a podcaster, as an example, it's so important to understand that everyone actually has a story. Yes. Everyone has a story and it's just a matter of asking the right questions And I think it's so important to also realize, you know, whether you are a working parent or whether you're not working or whether you're working on, you know, earning your PhD, wherever you might be in life, like you have a story, whether you feel courageous enough to say it is a whole different matter. And so Mm -hmm. that's a part of how I coach people. It's really about helping people from the beginning, tell their career narrative that's ultimately what we work on. How do you want to express your career narrative? And oh, by the way, it doesn't have to be the way it's lived on performance evaluations, for example. It doesn't have to be the way that it's, articulated in a resume. Your career narrative, it's your own. It should build your brand. It should express what you want to continue to do, not what you have no desire to keep doing. And so it evolves. And so to your point, Lisa, and when I think about, you know, originally thinking about writing a book, I've evolved. And so you're right, you know, bringing in all these different parts of me, Mm -hmm of value. And I appreciate that suggestion because I think it's something that I would love to rethink for sure in terms of how do I bring my voice, my unique voice to the world in a way that I'm providing someone an alternative way of thinking about their life experiences and giving them that hope that you mentioned earlier. Because I think hope and self-belief and self-trust, yes. self-trust is so important, so important, and I see it missing a lot of times, and that comes from years of really being told that you can't do this or don't do this, and so that's part of what we also work on by way of group coaching, so thank you for your idea, I mean, I love it, thank you.
1: Wow, well, you're very welcome. But, uh, you know, I mean, thanks goes back to you because I wouldn't have been able to have had that observation or come up with that idea if it weren't for who you are and what you bring to the world uh if that were not made abundantly clear to myself and to the listeners and to the podcast subscribers so for all your ongoing continual contributions to all of humanity at the micro level at the macro level and just your level of gumption and and fortitude i want to thank you because uh, the world needs more people who treat people see people and are committed to enhancing and improving the lives of people we need more
2: people like you so thank you Melissa. You're welcome, Lisa. I mean, it's something that it, it's really on my heart. You know, as I said back when I was 17, I, I realized how important it is to, you know, really be able to almost vouch for yourself in a way. That's how mm-hmm. I thought about it back then, you know, and really just express all of your talents to people who can help you express them and make a bigger impact. And so being able to see that you make a difference and that you matter has been really central to my business. I mean, it's part of why I I named my business career outcomes matter. Yes. That the outcomes matter as they did for me when I landed that, that scholarship back when I was 17, but it's also, you know, you matter. You matter whether your boss thinks you matter, you matter whether the media thinks you matter, you matter whether you know your peers think you matter. I mean, you matter, and once we start behaving in alignment with realizing that every single one of us does matter, then that's when I think problems that are obvious and evident in the world will actually be solved. Yes, beautiful.
1: Beautiful. I love how you said that. Um, being cognizant of time, Melissa, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity again for the benefit of the listeners and the podcast subscribers, where can people reach out to you, connect with you, um, you tune into your podcast, reach out for you for perhaps an initial
2: consultation. How can people best reach you, Melissa? Definitely. So just going to my website, so it's www. Melissa, M E L I S S -S A, Lorena, it's double L, so it's L L A R E N A dot com. And I did something special for your listeners forward slash. Fearlessly. So if you just go on that URL, you'll be able to step up to the 21 day networking challenge. So I'll help you build up the courage you need to talk to anyone. And you'll also have access to my podcast. So whether you're in a rut, whether you're stuck, whether you don't see yourself achieving a goal, I have um, different podcast episodes that I put together for you guys. So www.melissalarina.com forward slash fearlessly, the podcast name is an interview with Melissa Lorena. And I mean, guests such as David Meltzer, Gary Vee, James Altucher, Beth Comstock. I mean, it's going to be, it's amazing. These are mentors for us all and we yes. all need mentors.
1: Yes. Well, I'm in contact with Gary, these people, and Dave Meltzer was kind enough. I think it was last year, the year before, he invited me to his book launch in Brooklyn. And uh, I've showcased him a couple of times, and he's just been fantastic towards me. But really, how he treats me is no differently than how he treats everybody, which is his superpower. And that's why he connects with people and resonates with people so deeply at the collective level. So, um, You know, again, one degree of separation. I think people who are committed with the vision, regardless of how specialized we might all individually be for what it is, our skill set is, and what we bring to the world in terms of how we choose to pay it forward and be of service, there's no coincidence, and I don't believe in coincidences, but there's no coincidence, Melissa, that you and I have some crossover and some parallels with similar folk doing similar things. So that's amazing. And I just want to say for the gift of your time and taking the time zone different countries geography everything into account but to show up the way that you did today on my program living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald and for the ways in which I've personally and professionally have been positively impacted and a lot of nuggets here for me to sponge up I just want to say thank you so much you really brought it today but you did it in a way that was also demonstrative of you're just really salt of the earth right like some people it's all hype and it's all this and it's all that i mean you really just came from a real calm composed really centered really grounded place but unpacked a lot of beneficial information for all of us so i want to thank you for that you have a really nice disposition
2: You're welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. I mean, you have been so generous and I am so, so grateful to have had this opportunity. I really would love to see any listener just, you know, approach me and let me know what you got out of this conversation with Lisa. This was amazing.
1: Fantastic. Well, love and gratitude to you and your family, Melissa. And uh, I hope that one day you pump out a book um, and because I'll be buying it. <laughs> and, then if you, and if you want to come back onto Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, and that's the next thing that we undertake to discuss and, and uh, unpack for our listeners and our podcast subscribers, it would be an honor to have you back here at any
2: given time. Okay, Melissa, you're always Thank welcome. You. Thank you so much, Lisa. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so, so much for this opportunity.
1: Well, thank you. And to the listeners and to the podcast subscribers, I want to thank you so very much for the gift of your time, for tuning into myself and my guest of today, Melissa Lorena, wonderful guest, Uh, a lot of beneficial information, which I hope you all take seriously. And please don't hesitate to reach out to her. Um, And until... I talk to you next Friday. I'm very exceptionally clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. So until next Friday, wishing you all my best. Stay safe, healthy, and uplifted. And to you and your family as well, Melissa. Thanks very much, friends. Take care and all my best.